So we, uh, if you missed last week, we are in uh, week two of a series and it's titled A Very Bright Christmas. Uh, and what we're doing is we're looking at some of the names and titles uh, for who God is and who Jesus is. And so last week, uh, we looked at the name Waymaker and we said, God made a way, Jesus is the way, and then we have this privilege of preparing the way for Jesus. And um, you probably know this, uh, but there's also a song by that same title. Uh, and so this morning is Promise Keeper, and then next week is Light in the Darkness. So I'm not going to sing the song for you, uh, but you also, if you love that song, you may notice that we skipped one, which is Miracle Worker. <clears throat> and really, Miracle Worker is really woven through everything about the Christmas story. Um, and so, anyway, these are the three that we're doing in this series. As you think about Promise Keeper, um, and as you think about promises, the, the best and the worst oftentimes of life is promises that are kept and promises that are broken. I mean, I have so many great memories of promises that were kept uh, by me or by somebody else. You know, when our kids were real little, Emily and Riley were five and three, we promised them a dog. And, uh, and so on Christmas morning, we had planned this out. We got the dog the night before. Christmas morning, before the kids got up, we put the dog in the basement. It was a golden lab, uh, or a golden or a yellow lab. Uh, and we put uh, like a red ribbon around the dog's neck. And, uh, and then the kids were like, Christmas morning, they're all excited. And we open the basement door and out comes running this dog, just so excited to see these kids. And, and the delight on my kid's face was unbelievable. And they're like, oh, this is great. Let's name him Christmas. And we're like, Stacey and I are like, let's make his middle name Christmas. <laughs> Who wants a dog named Christmas? Um, and so for a little while, they called him Murphy Christmas Sand, um, but the Christmas soon wore off. But we fulfilled a promise to them and it brought incredible joy. By the same token, if you have ever had a promise broken that was promised to you, uh, it is incredibly painful. And all of us have had that happen. You know, maybe you have had a spouse that broke their promise to you, that you stood at the altar to have and to hold from this day forward in sickness and in health, and they checked out that they were unfaithful or they left a marriage. And that's hard. That broken promise is hard to deal with. You know, or maybe you, as a kid, had your mom or dad or both break their promises to you. And, and there's always this kind of the disappointment that comes when a parent says, I'll take you to ice cream, but they don't, or I'll beat your ball game, and they don't. Uh, and there's the buildup of those. But there's also the bigger things of a parent disappointed because they don't fulfill the promise of what a parent is supposed to do and, and they, they walk out of your life. Or maybe they just kind of check out emotionally from who you are and from that relationship and that can be devastating. Or, or maybe you've had a boss that hasn't fulfilled a promise to you where you got hired and they said, hey, we're gonna give you a promotion in 90 days and we're gonna give you a raise in 90 days and, and that didn't happen for whatever reason, and then it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, and had you known that they wouldn't fulfill the promise, you may have made a different decision in the job that you took. We all have these promises to us that are broken, and man, other people, men and women in our lives, are going to break promises to us. And maybe they break a promise because they just 
are mean-spirited or they don't want to, or maybe they break a promise because they forget, or it could be that they break a promise just because other things come up. But here's the thing that we're going to see, that God is a promise keeper, and God keeps his promises every single time. I want to start by reading a verse to you. This is in Numbers chapter 23. And by the way, I'm going to give you a ton of verses today. If you want to follow along in your Bible, that's great. They'll be on the screen. Uh, but also, all of them are in the River Ridge app if you want to look there uh, to see all the verses that I'm going to talk through this morning. But this is Numbers 23, 19. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? You see, what's saying in that question is, does God promise and not fulfill? The answer is no. God is a promise keeper. He fulfills his promises every single time. In first, excuse me, in 2 Peter chapter 1, we read this, and this is kind of to us about what's the benefit or the blessing or, or why is it so good that God is a promise keeper? It says this says, he granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. It says that we are partakers in the divine nature of God. You see, the divine nature of God is that he keeps his promises. And the divine nature of God is that he is a God of peace. The Old Testament talks about shalom, that God wants the world to be at shalom, at peace. And he wants us to have peace as well. And when we live by his promises, that happens. It also says that his precious and very great promises help us to escape from the corruption that is in the world. That when we live in the promises and looking for the promises of God, we're going to escape what's out there away from God's promises. We escape the corruption of the world. So here, this takes us to the bottom line for this morning. It's promises pave the way to peace. Promises pave the way to peace. God's promises to us that he's a promise keeper, they pave the way to peace. Peace with God, peace with ourselves, and also peace with other people. So then the question is, well, how do we do that? What does that look like? How do I sort of live in and through and by the promises of God? So we're going to, we're going to talk about that for the next 15 minutes or so. And what I want to do is I want to give you four actions to help you to live by and through and in and in the blessing of God's promises. So here's the first one, is I remember his past promises. We remember God's past promises and how they were fulfilled. You know, if you think about it, Christmas is a perfect time to remember this because there was so much of God's promises in the past that were fulfilled in Christ. Let me give you a couple of examples. In the book of Micah, it says that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And where was Jesus born? He was born in Bethlehem. In the book of Isaiah, it says that the Messiah would be born to a virgin. And Jesus was born to a virgin, to the Virgin Mary. Also in Isaiah, it says that the Messiah will come out of the line of David. 
And Jesus came out of the line of David. David was his great, 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 something, something, great, 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 grandfather, right? And you can read that at the beginning of Luke and the beginning of Matthew. He came from that. Also in, a, in Hosea, it says that the Messiah will come from Egypt. And that was a promise that I'm sure that people were like, how is that going to happen? Because the Messiah is supposed to be Jewish, and how can he come from Egypt? But if you know the Christmas story, you know that Mary and Joseph escaped from Bethlehem and went to Egypt for a period of time before returning. And so the Messiah, Jesus, did come out of Egypt. And that way, God was fulfilling all of these promises. Joshua chapter 21 puts it this way. It says, Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord has made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. All of God's promises come to pass. And here's why I share this. Partly I share these Christmas ones because it's Christmas and I want to remind us of the story. But here's the other thing is the time between the promise in Isaiah and in Micah and other places in the Old Testament was about 700 years, some a little bit longer, some a little bit less, but 700 years, they were waiting for the promise to be fulfilled. That's a really long time. Like we don't even want to wait seven days to see God's promise fulfilled in our lives. We don't want to wait, you know, seven minutes sometimes. But sometimes we're asked to wait a long time to see the fulfillment of God's promises in our lives. But remember that God always fulfills his promises because he is a promise keeper. Here's the second action that we take to kind of live in and through his promises. It's I learn his promises. So in the Bible, there are 8,000 promises that are given. Now, I didn't research that myself. I'm taking a scholar's word for it. If you want to do that, you can do that. Um, but this is what it says about the promises of God. This is from 1 Chronicles 17, 19. It says, Oh God, for the sake of your servant and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made known all these great promises. That God did a great thing. He made known to us all of his promises. It's called the Bible. It is full of promises to you and to me. So I want to read just a few of these promises. Um, this is from Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. It says, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I love that promise. It says that nothing in all the world can separate you from God's love. And you are in the world. You can't separate yourself from God's love. His love for you is a promise that is and will be continued to be fulfilled. Nothing can separate us. I love that. This is from Isaiah 41.10. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I love that promise. When we have fear, it says that God is with us, that he is our God, that he will strengthen you and he will help you through whatever it is that you're facing, whatever fears are in front of you. What a great promise of God. This is from Philippians 4.19. It says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. 
says that God will supply all of your needs, not your wants, but your needs. And, and we know there's a difference there, but God's going to supply all of our needs. And if it's something like, I really need this and God doesn't supply it, well, you probably don't need it. It's Philippians 4.19. And then lastly, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's John 3.16. That is a promise to those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. If you believe in Jesus Christ, then you have the promise from God, the promise keeper, that you will spend eternity in heaven, that you will have eternal life. And I would encourage you this morning, if you've never made that decision in your own life, if you've never made that decision to place your faith in Christ, to believe in him so that you might have eternal life, make that decision today. It'll be the greatest decision, the most important decision you could ever make in your life. So those are four promises. I'm not going to give you this, the other 7,996 promises um, that we find in the Bible, but I would say this, uh, and I'm not even going to point you to a list of a bunch of promises, because here's the thing, is part of the joy of God's promises is discovering them. That as you read God's Word in your own and you come across a promise, it will fill your heart. You say, that's a promise of God that's given to you, it's given to me, and you'll live by that promise. So I encourage you to look for God's promises as you read God's Word. Here's the third action, is I understand His promises. I understand His promises. And here's the thing, if you are kind of a skeptic, if you are a doubter, if even as I talk about God always fulfills his promises, if you're the type of person that's like, I'm not real sure that that's true. Because it seems like God isn't fulfilling some promises that he makes. It seems like the world is kind of turned upside down and God isn't coming through on his promises. If that's you, pay close attention here. Like, take good notes on what we're going to talk about because we will understand this. We need to understand how God fulfills his promises. And so as we talk about this, the reason um, that we don't quite get this is, is, the point is I understand his promises, but sometimes we misunderstand his promises. And so here's the first way that we misunderstand his promises, is we don't understand that there's a difference between conditional promises and unconditional promises. That some of what God promises to us is unconditional. No matter what we do, no matter what happens, it is true. It will come to pass. But there are also some things that are conditional promises. They're conditional on us and how we live and what we do. So let me give you an example of this. Uh, this is from John 10.10. 10. It says this. It says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I, and this is Jesus speaking, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So here's the thing, we read that and we say, well, God promises abundant life, but is that an unconditional promise or a conditional promise? Well, it's a conditional promise. And if we read this in context, it talks about those who have called upon him, those who are saved. And so this is a promise of abundant life, not to everybody, not everybody the world over, but those who place their faith in Jesus Christ have abundant life. Now you may go, well, I placed my faith in Christ, I, I was baptized, I received Christ, I prayed, I stood up at camp, whatever, however you became a Christian, you're like, but I'm not experiencing abundant life. Well, there's actually more conditions on this promise 
than just being a believer, just placing your faith in Christ. And as you read in the context of this, it talks about the good shepherd. It talks about a sheep hears the voice of the shepherd. And it talks about those who follow the voice of the good shepherd, Jesus, have abundant life. And so abundant life is conditional on those who place their faith in Christ, but it's also conditional on those who are listening to and following the voice of Jesus. And so as you look at promises, it could be that the promise is not being fulfilled because there's a condition that isn't being met by you or in some way. There's another way that promises aren't fulfilled in the sense that we misunderstand. It's sometimes we will ascribe to God promises that God never made. You know, we say, well, God promises that I'll be happy. God never promises that we'll be happy. Or God promises, I'll never give you more than you can handle. Well, God doesn't ever promise that he won't give us more than we can handle. Those are promises that we think God makes, but in fact, he doesn't make. And so if you're a point in your life where you're like, I'm a little frustrated because it doesn't feel like God is fulfilling promises, God isn't being who he says he is, he's not a promise keeper, I encourage you to look and examine maybe you're Maybe the promise isn't a promise from God. You just kind of made that up or somebody said that was from God. Or maybe it's the situation where it's a conditional promise. Here's the fourth and final action uh, as we lean into the promises of God. I pursue Jesus, not the promises. We pursue Jesus, not the promises. In other words, what we do is we want to pursue Jesus, and then the byproduct of pursuing Jesus is that these promises are fulfilled in our lives. If we get that backwards, it can kind of cause problems. It's like, I'm just going to, there's a promise out there. I'm going to pursue that promise. But what happens is we can pursue those promises in the wrong way. There's a couple times um, that I've given um, a message uh, and the kind of the bottom line of the message is never violate the commands of God to gain the promises of God. We don't want to violate God's, prom- God's commands in order to gain a promise. What we want to do is pursue Jesus and then the commands come, or the, excuse me, the promises come as a result of our pursuit of Jesus. Here's what uh, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. All the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. So when you pursue Jesus, that's when the promises are fulfilled in your life. We don't just pursue the promises, we pursue Jesus. And I'll give you an example of this. Um, So Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says this. It says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So what's the promise in this verse? It's rest, right? Is that a conditional promise or is that an unconditional promise? It's a conditional promise. Rest is promise. It says, all who come to me. And then what follows in the next verse adds to it. It says, so take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And that's talking about walking at the pace of Jesus. And so what it's talking about is we pursue Jesus, and as a result of that, then we have this rest in our lives. And so as I finish up, I just want to say this, is that we want to make sure that we are pursuing Jesus 
and not just the promise. Like if you think about this when it comes to rest, like if you just say, I'm gonna pursue rest, you'll sleep all day, you'll say no to everything, you'll just say, hey, I gotta take care of me, and you won't care about other people. But if we pursue Jesus and walk at the pace that he wants us to walk at, then we'll receive the rest that he wants us to have, the rest that he promises us. So the ball's in your court. We can take these five actions, and when we do this, we will live in the peace that come from the promises of God. God's promises pave the way for peace. But the choice is yours. If you want more peace, then pursue Jesus. Live by these promises. That's your choice. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this message. God, thank you just for how you have taught me and encouraged me and helped me to understand that you are a promise keeper. God, help us to pursue Jesus that we might live by the promises that you provide to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, I want to remind you, next Sunday night, the 20th, we are going to have a carol sing here at the church. It is going to be fantastic. Uh, so I encourage you, bundle up, mask up, and sing out. We'll see you next Sunday.